Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. My name is Jean Range, and I'm a senior wealth advisor for Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. And we're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, right across the street from my favorite store, Winkies. We also service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Visit our website at ellenbecker.com for more details. And when you visit that website, you're going to find we have a whole section for different events and some educational pieces. So if you're looking to spend a, a morning or an afternoon um, kind of learning a little bit, definitely check out our website. I have to say I was really excited uh, when I learned that I would be talking with Jim Larson, who's part of Health Markets. Um, he is an expert uh, on Medicare. And, you know, when we work with our clients, oftentimes that's a big transition into retirement is insurance. In fact, insurance can sometimes be the huge factor in determining, do I retire now or do I not? When am I Medicare eligible? What are the costs? What are my other choices? So um, insurance is a huge part of conversations when we're talking about retirement. And we have to surround ourselves with specialists. Um, you know, I can be good at many topics, but I can't be good and smart at all topics. So we reach out to partners and um, we rely on their knowledge. And I've worked with Jim for oodles of years and I uh, have gotten nothing but great feedback from my clients that have worked with him. So I feel honored that he's taken the time out of his day to talk with us. And um, I want to focus today's conversation on everything from uh, open enrollment to all the different parts. But because we're nearing uh, open enrollment, I'm going to start off the segment uh, by talking about the different dates and, and so on. Uh, but before we get into our topic, I want to welcome Jim Larson. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Gene. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here. It's been, uh, it, it's also been the top of my list. I've been excited to take advantage of this opportunity. And before we get started, I just want to say thank you very much for partnering with me. Uh, it's been a great relationship working with the Ellen Becker Investment Group for these years. And I got to tell you, it is some of my favorite appointments are around that conversation of retirement, just like you were talking about those, those conversations are such a joy because it, it gives me the opportunity to help people see that retirement is closer than they thought, or they can have some confidence with their benefits in that individual space. So it really is just, it's a lot of fun working with the Ellen Becker Investment Group um, and just happy to be a resource for you. Well, it's interesting. Um, I'm glad to hear that you enjoy working with our clients. I think we have the best clients out there. Um, I too enjoy working with all my clients. So if you are sitting back going, 
hey, I'd love to talk to a financial advisor about retirement, give me a call. Ellen Becker Investment Group is at 262-691-3200. Or give Jim Larson a call if you want to talk about uh, Medicare and what it means for you and your family. Jim is part of the Health Markets Group, and he can be reached at 262-510-6073. All right, so we got the introductions out of the way. Let's get into the meat of this um, topic. And I wanna talk a little bit about open enrollment. And um, open enrollment is on a very special day for me, October 15th, because anybody who knows me knows that's my birthday. So um, I always chuckle when I think of open enrollment and Medicare, uh, we're all celebrating uh, my birthday. But open enrollment and that October 15th date, um, what does that mean for clients? And I know that there's a window. Um, walk me through, Jim, let's say I'm newly retired and I'm 65 or I'm just ready to retire. Talk to me about this date and what this means. And then we'll get into an existing Medicare retiree who's been on Medicare for several years. So I just want to talk about the newly retired. So let's assume that I'm retiring um, in September right now. And I know I've got this open enrollment date. What do I need to do? You know, it's so confusing because I've been getting, I, I'm being facetious. I've been getting a ton of marketing material in my mailbox. I think everybody knows it's my 65th birthday on October 15th. And the, my mail is just um, bombarded with all these people talking about Medicare. How did these people even know I'm turning 65 in my example? <laughs> that's a good, that's a good question because it's, it's absolutely a very common experience. I talk to lots of people that are just about 64 and a half and they're turning 65 and uh, in, in the days of face-to-face -face appointments, uh, sitting at the dining room table, it was amazing to see sometimes what looked like a foot-tall stack of mail sitting on the counter uh, or sitting on the table of just all of these product brochures. Because you're right, every, every one of these companies, organizations, or sales forces seems to know that you're turning 65 and this is the year that everybody wants to wish you happy birthday. And, and for the record, I know that that's not your birthday coming up on the on the 15th. <laughs> but, not my but, 65th, but it is my birthday. Right, right, exactly. But uh, for those for those that are turning 65, that creates a couple of different things. It creates what's called your initial, potentially your initial coverage election period. This is the first time that you get access to Medicare benefits. So that is based around your actual birthday. So if, if your birthday wasn't October 15th, if it was July 15th, you would have your own personal open enrollment opportunity where you can choose a Medicare strategy with absolutely no questions asked about health conditions or pre-existing conditions. Really the only thing they're gonna ask you is, what county do you live in? And how do you wanna pay for this? Those are, the, those are kind of the requirements for some of these Medicare options when you're turning 65. But now open enrollment is a real specific rigid timeframe. And open enrollment doesn't have any relationship to your actual birthday. Once you've become 65 years old, open enrollment 
is an annual election period that starts on October 15th and ends on December 7th. And during that annual election period, individuals that are eligible for or already engaged in a Medicare strategy, they have the opportunity to make changes to their Medicare strategy. Typically, this is around prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans, two very, very common pieces of the puzzle when we're talking about Medicare benefits from the private sector. So during that time period of October 15th to December 7th, anybody that is eligible for Medicare can choose whatever plan that they want to get involved in as long as it's available in their area of residence. And this is now, that's for, just the start of a yeah. little bit of information on open enrollment. And this is just for the newly enrolling first time, again, whether it's in July or October. Um, I'm talking about the brand new retiree who turned 65 in February or March or whatever. They have that 60 day window where they have to make an election, correct? When Yes, when somebody retires and they leave their group insurance, then they have a 60-day window that is around that date of retirement. So that's going to create what's called a special election period. Because just like you said, if that happens in February or if that happens in July, that's going to create that 60-day window around that date. So that way you don't have to wait until open enrollment which begins in October. So there's quite a few different enrollment periods and quite a few different enrollment opportunities. And that's where it can get a little bit confusing. The, the cool part that I like to help people understand is you don't have to retire at a specific time because of Medicare. Just like Jean alluded to, if you're retiring in February, if you're retiring in June, just Congratulations, you retire on your schedule. And by working with a licensed agent, you can make sure that you're accessing an appropriate enrollment period to make sure that you don't have a gap in your insurance. So I just wanna clarify something. Let's assume that I, I'm retired, I'm 65 and it's June 1st, that's my retirement date. The 60 day window starts on June 1st until August 1st for example purposes and i have 60 days to determine what type of medicare plan i want which we're going to get into a little later in the into the show let's assume i'm on a vacation for a world tour that's three months and i miss that 60-day window what happens to me if you that's a that's a great question if you miss that 60-day window after you've retired you will very likely be in position to start obtaining a penalty for not having qualified prescription drug coverage. So very, very important to understand that if you don't have prescription drug coverage for 60 consecutive days, on day 61, they start calculating a penalty for you that can be assessed for the remaining balance of your life, which is a, a bit intimidating. What about my health insurance what if i have no coverage for 60 days if you have no coverage for 60 days you can also receive a penalty for
from Part B, as in boy. So there's two potential penalties, late enrollment in Part B, as in boy, and also late enrollment in Part D, as in drugs. So very important to understand the timetables and the expectations of Medicare because they expect you to be covered. Uh, so if you want to retire in June, July, August, or whenever, simply make sure that you're working with a licensed agent so you don't have an excessive gap in coverage. I mean, obviously, you want to be protected from medical claims and the financial impact, but you also want to make sure you're protecting yourself from some type of penalty accumulation that'll be around for the long haul. All right, we're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we're gonna continue this conversation. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. My name is Jean Range. I'm a Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you joined us during our first segment, you know we're talking to Jim Larson, who's part of Health Markets. Um, he can be reached again at 262-510-6073. I, I, my goal today is to really understand the open enrollment and these windows of opportunities. And I know oftentimes we have to look at 60 days before retirement, kind of gearing up for that, or 60 days after. And I get really confused when I think of these dates. Can you share with our listeners today, Jim, why is it important for me to look at 60 days before I'm Medicare eligible? That's a, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. That's, a, that's one of the biggest hurdles that I see with my clients and my friends and my family is, you know, how soon do I start worrying about this? How soon do I start planning? So I can make sure that my insurance is in place when I do decide to leave my employer or when I do really need to have my Medicare in place. So we were talking before the break about 60 days. And when you're retiring, it's you can look 60 days before you're retiring. 60 days after you're retiring is very, very important because we want to avoid a 60-day gap in coverage. That's very critical. But 60 days before you retire, you can certainly start shopping. You can start exploring. You can start looking. You can even start before that. With Medicare, I advise all of my clients to reach out to the Social Security office, to reach out to Medicare 90 days before they want it done. So if you're looking to make sure that your coverage is in place on April 1st. There's nothing wrong with contacting the Social Security office right away in January to let them know, hey, I wanna make sure my Medicare benefits are ready to go because I've been working and I'm already 65, I'm 67 and I've been working and now I wanna retire in April. So it's important to understand that you don't have to take Medicare when you're 65, but when you do want to take Medicare, when you do want to get out of that employer-sponsored group insurance, you need to contact Medicare through the Social Security office, and you're going to want to give yourself almost 90 days ahead of time, so that way Uncle Sam can process your Medicare enrollment, and you're going to be 
ready to have Medicare Part A and Part B, which is known as Original Medicare, on your desired retirement date, whether that's April 1st or August 1st or January 1st for that matter. So I try to give people the heads up, all due respect to the Social Security Office, thank goodness that they do what they do, but I also don't expect them to be working at lightning speed. So if you wanna have that process, I always suggest that people get a jump on that, sometimes even as much as 90 days ahead of the date of retirement. So kind of a lot there. I hope I answered that question appropriately. Yep, so we've talked about the 60 days before you wanna start the Medicare benefits. What about 60 days after? That's also a unique window that we hear about. What are they referring to then? That's 60 days after. That's the that's a critical timeline because Uncle Sam wants to make sure that you have what's considered qualified coverage. So your employer-sponsored plan is ending on, let's just say, April 1st. Then Uncle Sam is aware of that. And you've got 60 days to obtain Part B benefits and Part D benefits before you start accumulating what's considered a late enrollment penalty. So definitely to your best interest to do a little bit of pre-planning as opposed to try to chase those benefits down in those first 60 days of retirement when you could be enjoying fishing or taking a walk or riding the bike or traveling, all those things you've been looking forward to do uh, while you're retired, you don't want to be spending that time muscling through some insurance conversations. So pre-planning is always is always recommended. 60 days after your date of retirement is a very rigid date to make sure that you've achieved new insurance. So I think we've addressed the question if you're um, new on Medicare. Let's go through some dates or some um some things that need to be considered around the October 15th date. So now I'm going to give you an example. I'm 66 years old. I've been on Medicare um, since I was 65. And come October 15th, they call this this open enrollment. And I'm going to give you an example. And we're going to talk about what these coverages are. But I'm going to say that I took advantage of the Medicare Advantage C uh, program during my first year of retirement. And for whatever reason, I wanna get into a, a supplement program where I'm getting a Medicare supplement program. So come October 15th, that's my open enrollment where I can make this change, correct? Or maybe I wanna go from a Medicare supplement to Medicare Advantage. Um, what should I be thinking about as I'm making this decision? That's, that is a mouthful, and that's a great question. And the first thing that you should be thinking about is confidence. The only way to get confidence is through appropriate understanding and research. That is my plug for you to be working with a licensed agent. Now, if you're not comfortable working with a licensed agent, or if you want to be prepared for that conversation, Medicare.gov is a phenomenally large website full of information on Medicare Advantage plans, prescription drug plans, Medicare supplement plans, and the whole kit and caboodle. 
So Medicare.gov is a phenomenal place to do some research. And obviously I strongly suggest working with a licensed agent. But when you get into the open enrollment period, now again, open enrollment is a rigid time frame that begins on October 15th and ends on December 7th. During that time period, anybody that is currently enrolled in Medicare or eligible for Medicare, they can choose any prescription drug plan or Medicare Advantage plan, also known as Part C. They can choose any one of those options that's available in their county of residence with no questions asked about pre-existing conditions or ongoing maintenance or any of those types of concerns. So the open enrollment gives everybody that's on Medicare an opportunity to make changes, update, or replace with a new Medicare Advantage plan or prescription drug plan with no questions asked. The other piece of the puzzle that you mentioned, Gene, was a Medicare supplement. Now, a Medicare supplement is a little bit of a different animal. And ladies and gentlemen, there's really two types of strategies that people employ when it comes to their Medicare benefits. People typically choose either a Medicare Advantage strategy or a Medicare supplement strategy. Medicare supplement strategies have the ability to perform medical underwriting at the time of application. So even during an open enrollment time period, you can be subject to an application for a Medicare supplement plan that would also involve medical underwriting. So what that means is if you are beyond 65, let's just say you're 72, you've been in Medicare, or Gene, I believe in your example, you were 67. If you've been on Medicare and you are in the open enrollment period and you decide that you wanna go into a Medicare supplement strategy, you could be, you could be subject to full medical underwriting for that medical Medicare supplement, excuse me, which could result in increased premiums, line item exclusions, or a across the board decline. So just again, to clarify that, Medicare supplements have the ability to underwrite you based on medical conditions if you've been in Medicare for 12 months already. So those options can be, can be viewed as limited availability where Medicare Advantage plans are guaranteed to accept you every single year you get the open enrollment opportunity to review those plans and options and choose whatever you want with no concern about ongoing maintenance. So before we take a break, I just want to clarify, if you're new on Medicare, uh, age 65 or whatever, but a brand new enrollee, you will not go through underwriting to go on a supplement program. That is your one time. You only have to go through underwriting if you are moving from, say, a Medicare Advantage plan to a Medicare supplement plan and you've been on Medicare for at least a year. That's correct. And we are specific to the state of Wisconsin, which has its own specific rules. So if you're listening to this show in Florida, there's some different details when it comes to uh, those, those options. All right, and one other clarification. 
if I am new on Medicare and I choose the Medicare Advantage C program and I don't like it within the first 90 days, I can, as a new enrollee, take on a Medicare supplement plan without going through underwriting. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And I'll even do one better. In the state of Wisconsin, we have what's called a 12-month trial period. So if you start off with a Medicare Advantage plan because you just turned 65 or you just activated Part B because of retirement or disability, you have a 12-month trial period on a Medicare Advantage plan. And during those first 12 months, if you decide that you want to get to a Medicare supplement plan instead, you'll still be able to avoid medical underwriting. Perfect. So I think we clarified some of those dates and windows. We're going to take another break. Uh, please stay with us and we're going to learn more from Jim Larson. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We um, have been really getting, getting into the nuts and bolts with Medicare with Jim Larson, who's part of Health Markets. I'm going to share his phone number if you'd like to reach out to him. He's at 262-510-6073. So during our prior session, you heard us talk about uh, Medicare Part C Advantage plan versus a supplement plan, a Medicare supplement plan. And I thought we'd take an opportunity during this segment to talk about the differences and, you know, what is a Medicare Part C Advantage plan and what should I be thinking about? So, um, Jim, do you want to share a little bit about that Advantage plan? Yeah, absolutely. And thank, and thank you for asking because that's very, very important piece of the conversation. That's exactly where I start with everybody that comes to my office or meets me on Zoom and says, hey, I'm turning 65, where do I start? And the first thing that I do is try to help people understand that there's really two strategies that are very, very common and typical in that Medicare insurance space. And those two strategies are defined by a Medicare Advantage plan versus a Medicare supplement plan. They are different and you can't have both of them. So let's talk about some of those differences. A Medicare Advantage plan. We see advertisements for those on television ad nauseum, constantly. We're seeing advertisements for these Medicare Advantage plans. And these Medicare Advantage plans are just a phenomenal value when they're positioned appropriately for the right people. Uh, Medicare Advantage plans, what they do is they offset the exposure of Medicare by providing you with co-pays, very, very predictable expenses. A Medicare Advantage plan is gonna limit your annual exposure for inpatient and outpatient medical claims. That's a fundamental difference between a Medicare supplement plan, which simply covers what Medicare leaves on the table. Medicare is typically 80-20 coverage. It has its own deductibles. It has its own coinsurance, which means Medicare does not pay 100% of your medical bills. A Medicare supplement is designed to supplement Medicare. And I say that and I kind of grin almost every time 
But I, I say that because it's a great reminder of the simplicity of a Medicare supplement. Medicare leaves about 20% on the table for the patient or the insured. And a Medicare supplement comes around and picks up that 20% most often when it's built appropriately. A Medicare Advantage plan is different because it takes that 20% and it turns it into, I like to call it a, a menu of bite-sized predictable co-pays. So if you know you're going for physical therapy, or if you know you're going for outpatient surgery, or a specialist, or a primary, all of these have predictable flat co-pays on a Medicare Advantage plan. These co-pays can add up, and they can add up to what's called a maximum out of pocket. That's where a Medicare Advantage plan flexes its muscles and says, hey, you've paid a lot of co-pays this year, you've hit your maximum out of pocket, now the insurance company is gonna kick in and leave you responsible for not even the copay. Kind of similar to what we're used to with deductible and maximum out of pockets on our under 65 insurance. So just to kind of summarize that, a Medicare supplement plan is going to supplement Medicare by paying the 20% exposure that Medicare leaves on the table when the supplement is built appropriately. In contrast, a Medicare Advantage plan is going to give you bite-sized predictable co-pays that could potentially stack up to what's called a maximum out of pocket. But then enter celebrity athletes, uh, celebrity sitcom stars with catchphrases, now all of a sudden they're on TV and they're gonna remind us that Medicare Advantage plans can do more than just supplement Medicare. Medicare Advantage plans can also provide little bits of vision and dental benefits, hearing aid benefits, over-the-counter benefits that can provide you with um, a credit that you can purchase generic medications over-the-counter type of uh, advantages and benefits. So lots and bells and whistles uh, to both of these strategies. And the toughest part about it, ladies and gentlemen, is there's no right or wrong answer. It's not like a Medicare supplement is better or worse than a Medicare Advantage plan. It's just a matter of which one's gonna make more sense for your lifestyle, your health history, and very important, your budget. So if I'm understanding you right, um, the biggest difference between a supplement plan and the Advantage plan is the supplement plan, I pay my premiums every month and I know what I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay these premiums and it's going to cover the 20% that Medicare doesn't cover. With the Advantage plan, I bet the premiums are potentially lower than the Medicare supplement because I know I'm going to have to pay co-pays. Um, so if I go to the doctor or if I have a procedure done, I'm going to pay a copay and it's a known copay, but I know I'm going to pay that until I hit that out-of-pocket max. That's exactly right. The Medicare supplement plan can provide a lot of consistency when it comes to your annual expenses, where a Medicare Advantage plan can have a variable cost because you're not really sure if you're going to be seeing the doctor very frequently or none at all. 
So therein lies the variable expense of utilization. So when I was doing some research for today's radio show, um, the Advantage plan can either work like an HMO or like a PPL. Can you share the differences and what that means to somebody looking at that coverage? Oh, I'd be happy to, Gene. Thank you for asking that because that is a that's a big deal and a big difference. Uh, the the HMOs of days past uh, have have a, a very serious reputation. HMO versus PPO versus PFFS uh, versus all. There's a lot of acronyms when you're shopping for Medicare Advantage plans. HMO and PPO are the two that you're gonna see the most often. And an HMO means that you have a health maintenance organization of a network. And that means that you need to stay in your network. Unless it's an emergency situation, you're gonna be required to visit in-network doctors only. This is very different from a PPO plan, which has in-network and out-of-network providers included in their plan. So if you go to, let's just say Acme Hospital Systems, you get a in-network copay of, let's just say $5 to go see the doctor on your PPO plan. But if you went out of network, that similar doctor's office visit at XYZ competitor hospital system, instead of paying $5, that might be $25 because you're considered out of network. That's a little different than if you were on an HMO plan. If you went out of network, you don't have insurance support. You're right back to regular old Medicare of 80-20 coverage. So the, those acronyms that you mentioned, Gene, HMO, PPO, those are uh, designations of the size and scope of the network of providers involved in your insurance. PPO, provides coverage at every doctor across the nation. It's just a matter of, are there more doctors in network or out of network? If you're doing some traveling, a PPO is gonna give you a lot more comfort and a lot more confidence than an HMO, which is gonna be designed for more local coverage only. If we only knew how healthy we'd be, right? And again, making this decision um, is pretty important, especially if this is your first year, because now you're committing down a certain path. And again, even though Wisconsin has that 12 month period to change from an advantage plan to a supplement plan, once you get past that 12 uh, month window, you really have to decide which route you're going um, to go under and how healthy are you and um, trying to estimate your medical expenses. And that can be very difficult. So yeah. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Again, if you have unique, specific questions that you'd like to run past Jim, give him a call. Uh, he's part of Health Markets at 262-510-6073. With that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I have to share, we're talking about Medicare today, and we typically have a couple seminars at our um, office in uh, Pewaukee on this topic. So 
Um, check out our website at www.ellenbecker.com. Go under the events tab and see if there's a, a topic that intrigues you that you'd like to um, join in on us um, and learn about it. Uh, we're talking with Jim Larson, part of Health Markets. Um, and one of the things I wanted to address is a lot of my retirees are traveling or they're moving, they're downsizing houses. And just for the fact that you're traveling or moving different zip codes, that could impact your coverage. Share with our listeners um, why I'm bringing this up. Yeah, great, great, great piece, great topic right there. The traveling and relocating is a big part of retirement. Uh, international travel, let's start there. Outside of the United States, Medicare is pretty limited. It's designed to cover us while we're inside the United States. Some Medicare, some Medicare Advantage plans include benefits while you're traveling, but they are typically limited. Uh, so it's really important to understand the benefits inside your policy if you're traveling abroad outside of the United States. Also important to understand that there are temporary policies available to people at any age that you can purchase simply for traveling. Whether that's a seven day or nine day or three month excursion, you can purchase temporary insurance that will cover you internationally. So some folks like to layer that on top of their uh, benefits to make sure they're covered while they're outside of the United States. But a really important thing that Gene mentioned is, is traveling within the United States. Traveling within the United States is one thing. Having network that covers the entire country or having a network that requires permission if you're outside of your local area is a potential concern and something to be aware of before you start traveling. But relocating, relocating can surprise people because not all plans are available in all counties. Um, in Wisconsin, for example, the plans that are available in Walworth County are massively different than the plans that are available in Marinette. Uh, not only is their geography very different, but the doctors and hospitals in the area are very different. So this is why it's important to understand the plans that are available in your area are just that. They're available in your area. So if you're comparing plans with your brother or sister who's you know, living in California or Arizona, um, those plans are not available to Wisconsin residents. And again, based on the county of residence. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, we're in our last segment and I wanted to talk about ancillary coverage or benefits such as vision and dental and um, some other coverage. Enlighten me on how this works within each plan or each direction, whether it be supplement or advantage. Medicare supplements typically supplement Medicare. And I've said that, I, I say that to remind myself, and I say that to remind my clients of the simplicity of a Medicare supplement plan. So in a Medicare supplement strategy, individuals are typically going to need to purchase their own ancillary products like vision or dental, things along those lines is up to the consumer. In a Medicare Advantage plan, they can include benefits for vision, dental, hearing aids, uh, even over-the-counter benefits. 
So very, very different strategies. Again, very important to either do some research on Medicare.gov or to work with a local licensed agent that understands the plans that are available in your area of residence. In addition to vision and dental, there's a lot of other ancillary products that people are gravitating towards to provide them with more than just basic coverage. Some of the more popular ancillary coverage are hospital confinement policies that pay you a daily benefit in cash. Maybe that can offset your co-pays for your Medicare Advantage plan, or maybe that will help you with the expense of your premium, or just simply offset the inconvenience on a Medicare supplement plan. But there's a lot of options out there to make sure that you can custom fit the benefits that you want that are important to your lifestyle. So don't think that it's just cookie cutter benefits where everybody gets the same thing as much as there are massive amounts of options and variables to really give you customized benefits just for you. So I just want to take a moment. So all the extra coverage for like vision and dental, um, do I have to decide that during open enrollment or can I add or drop that each year with ease or is that a whole underwriting conversation if I've been on Medicare for over a year? Great question. Typically vision and dental is available anytime. You can purchase it whenever you want and it's typically not subject to underwriting. However, many policies have waiting periods when we're talking about dental benefits. So something to be aware of if you're looking to have a lot of dental work on or oral surgery or something along those lines, it's not going to be real easy to find a dental policy for X amount of dollars that wants to shell out for the entire surgery next week. So be aware of potential waiting periods on dental products uh, and be aware of distribution channels in your area. What I mean by that is rely on a local broker, uh, rely on a local resource so you can look at multiple products and compare what's out there. All right, I wanna talk about one other benefit that somebody might add on to their plan and that's the indemnity cancer coverage. Um, what is that and who's eligible? Um, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. The indemnity benefits are defined as simply benefits that pay you cash directly. They don't pay the hospital. They don't pay the doctor. They actually pay the insured. Imagine that. Something happens and you have a medical claim and you actually receive money. That's what the indemnity plan is. And some people look at me with a silly face like, why in the world? What do, what do you mean? Doesn't my insurance cover that? Yes, your insurance covers it. But what these indemnity benefits do is they provide you with cash on hand. So, for example, you're diagnosed with an invasive cancer. You have a $30,000 cancer policy that I helped you enroll in. These policies are subject to underwriting. So if you're already dealing with or have dealt with cancer in the past or a heart attack or a stroke, some of these policies might be more difficult to obtain. But if you have these policies in place, they simply react to the diagnosis by sending you a lump sum check. If you wanna use that cash to pay for a second uh, opinion, if you wanna use that cash to pay for modifying your home, 
or if you want to use that to buy a whole heck of a lot of ice cream. It's cash that comes to you directly. It's non-taxable and it provides you with options, which is what you're really after in that type of a scenario. Well, Jim, I think we could have talked for hours on this. And I know we didn't even talk about uh, prescription donut holes. And I'm not talking about Dunkin' Donuts donut holes either um, and changes in the whole field. So if you are um, interested, give Jim a call. Again, he can be reached at 262-510-6073. Money Sense airs on Saturdays from 2 to 3 and on Sundays from 12 to 1. If you like today's show and you'd like to learn more, please visit us at ellenbecker.com or give us a call at 262-691-3200. As always, I hope I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Be well.